following Willie Moore and Moore. Back in the NRL. As Willie Mays. That's forgotten how big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie and the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25 minute man. Plus. Oh, you got skills, son. Uppercut right hand by Big Willie. Two fancy for you. Welcome to Grand, not Grand Final, State of Origin. Yeah. I read that last week too. State of Origin number two special mm-hmm. with the take with Willie Mason. Yep. We are going to be taking our takes on the State of Origin game that is on tomorrow night. William, before we go into sort of a, I guess, a quick review of last week and a preview of tomorrow night's game, there's been a couple of things State of Origin related um, that I guess have hit the news and are quite interesting, I think. Wayne Bennett has been offered what looks like the uh, lifetime you can coach Queensland as long as you want. Okay. You can just, you know, you're Wayne Bennett. You just can after one win? One win. <laughs> so if they get uh, they get dusted the next two, it won't be fine. the thing. He's still fine. So, but <laughs> he's come out today, and you know how much I love Wayne Bennett press conferences. Mm-hmm. There's been a journalist who doubled down. He said that this is the worst Queensland team ever. In 40 years. The In audacity years. of this human. Yeah. Who is he? Did they name him? It's Dean Ritchie. Your mate. Oh, the Bulldog. Bulldog. The Bulldog. Coming up with bullshit again. Yeah. So I'm not surprised. Oh. But he doubled down and he said, look, you know, just because they won doesn't mean they're not shit. I mean, it sort of does, really, because they won. But anyway, so Wayne Bennett came out today and they asked him about it and he said that Someone should drug test journos. Literally yeah. the greatest. I've always been. Time. I've always been saying that they should always. be drug tested. Some of the shit they were writing about me, I was like, they better drug test these journos. Don't drug test me. No, journos. I'm fine. Journos would fail a lot. Failed, I know a couple of journos that would fail and burn a hole through a cup. So, but um, look, the the thing that Wayne Bennett does traditionally, and you know because you've played under him, is that he takes the pressure off his players. By making the story about himself. Yep. So obviously Queensland won against all odds last yeah. time. Now everyone's not talking about uh, whether or not they're going to be able to back it up, and it's t- it's there's not this pressure on the young kids to double perform. They're talking about Wayne Bennett. Yeah. How does he do this every time? He's a genius. He is a genius. That's why sometimes less is more, and whatever he says, people listen. You know, he's not that sort of um, person or coach or even as a player to come out and be outlandish, say some, say some really stupid shit like some coaches and players do. He's always been very reserved and very calculated what he does and what he says and how he says it, when he says it. Like, it's not a fluke like to do what he's been doing for the last, you know, 30-something years and still be like that, especially with the amount of exposure that all coaches and players get at the moment. And he can still do it. You yeah. know, he can still actually prove and play games with these uh, journos. And he wins. Because look look what we're talking about. We're talking about Wayne telling journos to get drug tested and it, because of Bulldog said something stupid, you know. So now it's pressure off all the guys. It's still it's – tomorrow. they're playing tomorrow. This is not like your 10-day yeah, right. turnaround. So all he put all that pressure on him, especially after you rev- they, people review the game and then the team gets announced and you start talking about the team, all that kind of stuff. He's a genius. It's not. It's not a fluke. It's very calculated, and he's a he's a he's a genius at it. I reckon he started the whole 
taking the focus off him when he did that little dance after the game. Yeah. It's, you know, everyone's talking about <laughs> Wayne dancing. Exactly. I mean, just little things like that because people are not used to looking at Wayne Bennett. Like, I look at Wayne like that and I've, I've seen Wayne do that. I've, I've, I've danced with Wayne and picked him up and, you know, like just had a really good time. We've won a game or we've been at training with – he's the sort of guy – I think nearly the, the the facade is nearly over because people are understanding. Hey, Wayne's—he's not—he's actually not a bad bloke. He's not he's, a massive. He has—he has some fun and all this kind of stuff. And yeah. I'm like every everybody who's played underneath him knows exactly what he's like. He is like that. Like he's—he's he's a fun dude. He loves his plays. He and he will take all the pressure off all the players. Little little example when I was playing at the Knights, we had to do a press conference. I think we won. Um, and he's like, hey, big fella, watch this. Tap, tapping me underneath the, the chair like this. Like a 10-year-old, like I would do to someone who was younger than me. He goes, watch, watch, watch this, watch this. So this guy would ask her like a 50-layered fucking question. And he's like, no. <laughs> and then tap, he's tapping me. So look, i got ADHD and I'm always laughing and shit like that. So I'm like, I start laughing. He's like, what's so funny? Well, like, oh, no, 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 nothing, nothing. nothing. It's just funny. And then he put it straight on me. Like Wayne just looked at me and I had to answer the whole the whole press conference. And then when we walked out, he put his arm around me. He goes, how do you like that big fella? That's how you, that's how you run a press conference. And we pissed ourselves laughing all the way back to the sheds to get hang out with the, hang out with the boys and enjoy the win. Well, and it's because sorry, and it's, sorry, it's because there's so much exposure to players and to teams and to everybody because it's the way the TV rights are. You know, the bigger the, the bigger the cap and all that kind of stuff, it's the more exposure they do get. And people never used to see Wayne like that. All mm. they used to see was the press conference, the, the, the face, the sour face in the – there's no expression in, in the box when he's coaching. But they don't see him after. Yeah. But now the cameras are in there for a fair while. Like, Wayne's, Wayne's a fun dude, mate. He is, he is a fun dude. That's why players love him. You cannot be what people portray him to be in the public and then be like that. And coach for as you long as you You can't coach as long as you – and you can't have people coming out going, who's your favourite coach? Who's, Wayne Bennett, Wayne Bennett, Wayne Bennett. Like, he's just a lovely person, lovely human, and he cares about players. And that's you, what players love about him. You, I mean, you were part of that Newcastle side that made the preliminary final. I can't remember yeah. what year it was. Your career, sort of, was it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but that was a huge thing for the people of Newcastle at the time because Newcastle had had a fairly dog shit team for a period of time, oh, yes. and you know there was a lot of hope at that stage with Wayne coming on board yeah. and Tinkler. And have you seen him? I mean, obviously you're saying you have, but have you seen him in a dressing room as happy? It looked like that win actually did mean quite a lot to I him. I think it meant a lot to him. I've, I've been in, in the in the sheds with a couple of really good wins in some semifinals and just, you know, when you won a couple of games, golden point or, you know, it just it just depends on how you particularly win sometimes. You yeah, know, you could win by 30. It's not that really good. You always can control the game for the last 25 minutes. you just got to control it, win the game. Queensland, under so much pressure, he would have known just somewhere deep down in his soul that he would have installed all this belief in that team. We'll win, boys, if we do X, Y, and Z. And then they, and then when it comes off, he looks like a genius. He does. And he's, you know what I mean? So he's coming in there and going, yes, and all this kind of stuff. I've seen that. I've seen it plenty of times, but that meant a lot. Because because of the situation, because they've been beaten in the last two, the the Messiah comes in with with a great Mal Meninga and they pull off. They pull pull that win off. You know, everybody was against him. So you can you put yourself in his position. You're not just gonna sit there and be like, Yeah, I'm fine guys, this is just this is normal. No, <laughs> he, he he really he knew the camera was on him as well. 
and he he, um, he amped it up a bit. One thing I think I taught him a couple of those moves at, um, I hope at Fa- in Fanny's. I hope you didn't. I got him on the podium <laughs> at Fanny's and just that. No, of course I didn't. You I move better right. moves than that. You move all right. That's, that's not He's got, he has got no rhythm. The jiggler. So Two left feet. I, I mean, I, I look at um, – Wayne Bennett has always said, or people have said about Wayne Bennett, he's got two half-time speeches, one to a losing side and one to a winning side. Yeah. I love the way that he's come out and people – and Phil Gould actually in the commentary said, you know, he's the best halftime coach of all time. Mm. And he comes out at the end and they say to him at the end of the game, you know, what would you say, Wayne? And he goes, I can't remember, I'm too old. Yeah. And it just that, – that adds into the, the it mystique. It's a mystique. You know? it, it, it's, and it's so great. And that's what I keep saying. He's been doing it for so long and he still keeps tricking everyone. Yeah. Because there is no mystique. He's just like – he is like that. He's he half run hard and tackle. He's half he, – he, he knows Origin better than anyone, and so does Gus. It's not a very complicated game. What we did for New South Wales play a very complicated game. We picked six halves and fullbacks and all that <laughs> kind of stuff, and they've picked Origin plays like they usually do, and they won. You know, so like he's 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 just a genius at it. I mean, after the game, he's you know you can ask him whatever you want. He's not going to give you anything. Yeah, he will give he will give his players everything. A halftime speech could it would have been it probably wouldn't have been more than boys. We're only ten nil down. They've had all the run of the run of the green. Stay in there. We score next. We'll probably win. It'd be yeah. something really basic like that. Because then you go in. Because there's no point yelling at grown men at an origin at an origin level. No. It's like okay, DCE, friendy, all the senior players. Grab your certain your right four, your middles, uh, your left four. Go talk with amongst each other and get it fuck get it fixed. Mm. Get it fixed because individually. It all comes together collectively as a team if everybody plays their best game. And he would have had faith in that Queensland team. And I said last week, that's why I changed my, I changed my um, my pick to Queensland because yeah. I just went I went through that team. It's like, oh man, I think Munster's a little bit better than Kiri and and DCE's better than Cleary. Papali can match the forwards. You know, Felice Kafusi's still world class. Yeah, Dane Gagai's all that. I was I was like, wow, they could actually they could. They could probably pull this off if we're a little bit off and we don't play our natural game. I wasn't, I wasn't confident in Cody Walker being on the bench, and I wasn't confident in our starters and our, our back row. So I'm not sure. I think you know he and he he installs that sort of um, belief in the team. So he's done it again. I thought you yeah, were pulling yourself off when you said Queensland, but anyway, you didn't. So because I'm right, and that's were. exactly how I, I did. I back Melbourne to win the grand final. Well, we're still going back on that. Are yep. We? Okay. All right. No, well done. <laughs> you hate it. You hate it. He hates it. He hates it. Why are you going to bring oh, it up? Oh, no, I stuck to Melbourne all year, and you're like, no, nah, Roosters, Roosters, oh, Roosters. It's hardly like picking the It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. Oh, okay. It doesn't matter. All right. Uh, one first, you last. <laughs> Ricky Bobby. <laughs> I reckon um, probably the, the, there is a forced change in the New South Wales side. They obviously made their own changes based around form, which we'll talk about later. But one of the changes that was forced was Boyd Cordner. Yeah. With another, I mean, I'm not saying it was innocuous. Rugby league is a tough game, and if you get hit in the head at these sort of speeds, but realistically, he is starting to get knocked out in things that you wouldn't expect a bloke. Like if he's 19 year old Boyd Cordner, mm. he's getting straight up yeah. and, and no, like, at what point does it start to become? And, and I know you have been concerned about. CTE and, and things like that, yeah. and you've got you've had your own scans done. At what point does someone need to say to board coordinator, mate, one more and you're gone? Right now. It needs to happen right now, and I think they're doing that. I think um, yeah, New South Wales Rugby League's done the, the best thing for, by him 
I was speaking to uh, an insider in New South Wales camp, and this was on um, I think th- Thursday, Thursday or Friday, like pretty fresh after the game. Going, no, they're gonna they're gonna arrest him because I was concerned about him. I rang up because I said, "What are you doing with Boyd? Is Boyd gonna play? I think they should rest him. You know, all that sort of talk." And they're like, "Yeah, I think we are." And then by the end end of that after Thursday afternoon or Friday, they said that he's out for the series. And I think that's the best thing for Boyd at the moment in his career. Like he's only twenty eight years old. You know, obviously he wants to probably have a family one day, play for another five or six years at least. You know, he's only twenty. He's only twenty eight. He's played a lot of football. He's captain of Australia. He's captain of New South Wales. He's won three premierships. He's so highly respected in this game at the moment. You can just chill for a bit. Mm. You know, he's he's earned that. But it's hard to take that warrior mentality away from these these modern day gladiators because you're like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. He would have thought he was fine, but you know, like the couple of times his last couple of um. Head knocks has been, you know, he's scoring a try and his head hitting the ground. You know, usually like, you know, you know, five you years ago, back. he bounces back up. Yeah. This one, head hits a hip. Not sure if the contact was massive, but like I think, you know, it's a sort of, it's compared to like if you're a boxer and you've you've gone too far and you just get a little little bit of a jab on the chin or yeah. in the temple or anything like that and you sort of just crumble a little bit. And that's what seems to be happening with, with Boydie. And I just want him to have a rest because I want him to play for another five or six years and you know just no contact or anything like that because i i was i did a little bit of training with boyd um in the COVID period and we we're talking about this exactly i said boydie how's your how's your body man like with the head knocks and everything he goes no nah, you know he's a very positive guy very positive one of the greatest guys um greatest blokes to ever play the game one of our fearsome leaders and i know what i was going to get out of him he goes yeah i'm fine i'm fine i was just like boydie like i'm 40 years old so i played the game for a long time I said, just take care of your body, mate. I said, you want to have kids, you want to be you. This next, the next life is you never even think about footy. Do you know what I mean? You're a 27, 28 year old man, young man. You've got the rest of your life to live another 50, 60 years. Hopefully, you don't need you not being able to play with your kids or do anything like that or have some sort of brain damage. Like worst case scenario. I always yeah, try to yeah. think worst yeah, case scenario. I'm not saying it's going to happen. But worst case scenario, you know, I'm I'm big on the um, CTE and I'm big on getting head scans like every five years. And there's a lot of help out there, and he needs to go to to all those places just to check if everything's okay. Because everybody cares about Boyd because he's a very loved uh, loved uh, human in our game and highly respected. And I want him to I want him to play another five years because I love watching Boyd Corden play. But sometimes he's too tough for his own good. Oh, the thing that. I'm concerned about with Boyd Cordner and, and we interviewed Boyd Cordner um, on the show at the start of the year during the middle of the COVID yeah. stuff and he was actually our first guest that we had on here and we were talking to him and he was sort of saying that, you know, he was missing the game and he was training hard but, you know, that the rest was probably going to do his body He still didn't mind it, good. did he? Yeah. You know, the rest was going to – but that worries me, Will, because now he had that break – and he's come back, and then he had a little bit of. He had an injury during the year, and, and he got head knocks. And then he's still with the head knocks. And and I watching Luke Keary when Luke Keary got knocked out by Josh Papali's mullet in that game, in yeah. that semi, these hits are getting less and less serious, and they're creating more and more problems. And that to me is where it's an issue. Yeah, Keary is the same as he's he's in the same boat as Boyd. You know, it's like. Um as I said, like when you get, you're just getting tapped a little bit. You'd expect these these kids get proper head clashes. Like, well, all right, you've you've had you've had too many. But when they're just in in contact and stuff like that, I know the contact's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But it just seems to be happening to um to avoid a, just a fair t- 
too too many times. Yeah. And Kiri went through that as well. You know, you don't want to get it tapped on the shoulder at 28 going, mate, you have one more head knock, you're going to be retired mm. unless you have a good, you know, three, four months off. So I'm not sure what the, the outcome will be for Boyd. Hopefully it's just a good rest and, you know, not that much training with the Roosters and there's no kangaroo tour at the end of the year, thank God, because he's, he's done for the year. He can just rest up. He can rest up, get his head right, get his body right, start thinking about what he wants to do for the rest of his life. I mean, I know, and, and he needs to understand, he needs people around him telling him, no, oi, rugby league is not the be-all and end-all of your life. You are not, you know, you're not going to, your whole legacy is not going to be rugby league. I keep saying that as well. Like, I'm like, I don't really want, I don't want to go down as like, yeah, he was a great footballer and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Like, you'd rather be a great father, great person, good mate, all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, and then he was a great footballer. You need, you just need, you need to understand, like, you know, your priorities in life. And I think he's really going to have a think about it now. You're actually a shit bloke. Well, don't tell anyone. I won't. No. <laughs> and what will come as a massive surprise to people listening is that your CTE scans have come back clear. So yeah, this actually better. This is actually not brain. <laughs> this is not a brain injury. This, this is just you. My first one in 2014 was uh, okay, and then the 2019 was better. You've gone better. Yeah. Yep. So I've gotten smarter people, so watch out. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, we wish Boyd Cordner all the best. And, you know, for, from my perspective as well, from someone who who just, I guess, loves the game and, and who wants people to realise that there is more to life than just football, I hope Boyd Cordner makes whatever decision is right for him and I hope he's got the right people and around Luke, him. And, and Luke Keery as well. Yeah. And Luke Keery as well. I mean, I know he got dropped from this game, but I wouldn't be – if I was him, I wouldn't be, um, you know, trying to fight my way back into the team. I know that's – as I keep saying, it's that gladiator spirit, it's that warrior spirit that we've all got in us. He had some, he's had some bad head knocks, man. He needs he needs a rest as well. Yeah. He's not as big as Boyd Cordner. He plays tough and – I just I don't want him to be one of those casualties as well because it's, it's gonna ha- it will happen. It's he's one 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 big head knock away from retirement. One of these kids, yeah. you know what I mean? Because they don't they don't half heart anything. They come into tackles flat out. The, con- the, in- the impact and the contact these days, just because it wasn't like ten years or fifteen years ago when there were shoulder charges and all that sort of shit. I you know like. It's, it's different now. It's a calculated hit. You're getting hit on the chest really hard. Dudes hitting your ribs, legs. It's just, it's a, the impact is big. It's just not, there's no head high tackles anymore. So the actual impact is, it's, it's different. You know, you're mm. getting hit three times different, in different ways. And your head doesn't matter if it doesn't, doesn't matter if it hits your head. It's still that whiplash. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So if you're getting hit from the side here, someone folds your legs here, your body goes this way, your head's getting hit. The technique of these guys is is um, is supreme these days. The tackle tech is, is so much better than what it is ever had what it has ever had been. Interesting in the, the game actually in the Wallabies game on the weekend. Um, there were two send offs, two red cards. It was for, fucking great hit! I loved them. You know, and 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 as Ian Foster, the All Blacks coach, said at the end, he said, "Look, these are big collisions. These are big blokes. Every now and then, they're going to get it wrong." And and I guess you know, to the letter of the law, blokes should have got sent off, but. You know, I just think. Like but I don't swimming. understand, like with the the big um, the big boy from um from New Zealand, that guy was slipping. He was or he was already set. That's yeah. just and he jumped straight up. And so yeah. when Lockie Swinton, Lockie Swinton got four weeks for the one he did. So you know, that was a good that's hit too. was a good hit. I yeah, and he just, was going well. I don't think that's, that's the thing that brings Union down all the time. They do some good shit like that. They get everyone on everyone on side, and then they come and they do that. dumb shit like this. Yeah, there was no contact to the head. 
That's no. all. I, I don't like shoulder charges to the head. There was no contact to but the head. But shoulder. I know. His shoulder hit that guy's chest. It's a bigger bloke on a smaller bloke. Sorry, it's going to happen. Yeah. Well, someone who hasn't played professional sport, uh, to my knowledge, but was potentially dropped on his head as a child. You. No. Oh, hurtful. <laughs> uh, Jared. Wow. Oh, he's talking yeah. about you, Jared. Wow, yeah. you are so disrespectful. <laughs> what? Why do you think it was? He's me? a bull rider, mate. He's that's why. Well, Jared, have you let's 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 go straight to that. Yeah. Jared, have you ever ridden a bull? And if so, did you fall on your head? I've never ridden a bull before, Ian. I have not fallen my fallen on my head. I beg your pardon, certainly not in that way. But uh, what a terrific way to pull me into the conversation tonight and great to see you both. Yeah, it's good to see you, mate. And I'll tell you when it was good to see you also. As I was uh, scouring through Ned's social media pages for tips <laughs> desperately on Saturday as I did my ass. Yeah. Uh, I found you with a little little bull riding segment on I've been very, very hesitant to share that across all of our social media channels because you are the only He's the only one who can pick up on it. He will. Oh, he's, he's just he's the only guy who picked up on it. Oh you he's could have been legitimately the only You could have been a bull rider for like the last twenty years, I would never notice. And neither would Craig, <laughs> never would Zig, but I'll find the old stalker over here. I'll find the He'll get you. He'll no, get you. He'll get you. He goes yeah. and he reckons he's rode cha- chainsaw about five times. Oh, I could, I could. I, could, I think I I'd could be now. good at it. I'd be fine now. Chainsaw, yeah. he'd have nothing. Now, what's <laughs> tell me about the bull riding, Jared? Are you are you a, a, an avid bull riding watcher, or do you just frame markets for it, or are you just the face of bull riding? As of uh, well, I like to think of myself as myself as a face of bull riding, absolutely. But as of this season, we are the uh, the major betting partner of the PBR, the Pro Bull Riders Australia. We actually have. The absolute monopoly on it over here. You can't bet on it with anyone but Ned. You can watch it live streamed live on the app and everything. It's 100%. I mean, for a betting perspective, it's our sport. And it's a really good betting sport too, actually. it's it's. I wish that I could back it every week because it's it's one of those ones. I sort of liken it a little bit to the Auckland Nines. You know, it's very quick, game after game after game. You can have your bet. You can reinvest if you want to, and the winnings are there almost immediately. It's a terrific board. Well, hang on. What do you bet on? Do you bet on the bloke not falling off the, the eight board? Eight seconds. That's, yeah, that's pretty much what it is. So Will's pretty much got it right there. It's eight seconds. You're either backing the bull or you're backing the rider. But then there's a whole bunch of other things too. You can back the, the bull to win in a certain time band, like five to 5.99 seconds. You get a better price for that. A whole bunch of different things. It's a really, really good betting sport. I'd like to back myself in for eight seconds, Jared, but just not on a bull. <laughs> Uh, I didn't mean to set that one up for you, but you're welcome. <laughs> um, now, I reckon uh, – actually, I might start betting on the Bulls. Is it an easy punt? What happens yeah. if no, – can not, you bet it's on – hard. It is very hard. Is this from when you are at the Cowboys? Oh, so I, to- I went to a couple of like Bull little little rinks or whatever it is. It's nasty, man. They go, Willie, get on. I'm like, get I'm, on take, I'm not going to get on anything and, unless I can tackle it. A bull is like 100, 2,000 kilos. They're huge. Yeah. And going nuts. Like Chris Walker, he's an idiot. So we're, I think we're in Toowoomba somewhere. And he's like, um, we've had about 20 cans. Goes, oh, yeah, I ride a bull. I said, you're a fucking idiot, first he of all. He Yeah, he got on a bull and oh. got on there and it just throw, th- threw him off in about three seconds. So far. And he thought it was the best thing in, in the world. I said, that you're an idiot. Just 20 an cans? Absolute idiot. Just 20. 20. 20. Only 20 cans. Just 20. And the injuries can be absolutely horrific. Yeah, because I, I don't, I don't think I could. I think I could handle the fall, but that dude is coming at me after it with a, oh, with a yeah. couple of you these ones. Bull horn straight at the blur. Oh mate, don't worry. Can about you it. bet on that? Can you bet on how many horns get inserted into anuses during the 
during the course of the season. We yes. haven't framed any markets on that, but I'll speak to the bookies. You're welcome, uh, Jared. Weekend. That can be mine. You can call that the Ian bet. How are we going with the origin, Jared? Is uh, New South Wales red hot favourites as they are in every single game in the yeah, last forty years? Sorry, a dollar thirty-three. Come on, man. Oh no. Yeah, buddy. no. Probably. Uh, maybe a little bit surprising being that short. Uh, certainly in game one, they were just awful. I just didn't think that they held at all at any point of that game. They were probably held in it by Queensland being worse in the second half. Yeah. But then Queensland came out and played well in the second half and they were well and truly found out. Probably just because we're going back to Sydney here, we're looking at a dollar thirty-five for New South Wales again. But uh, look, if you're a fan of Queensland, $3.60, there are certainly worse bets than that. I what If I was going to bet on this, which obviously I'm not because um, we've already... You know, raised, am I going to bet? No, we've raised. No, we're not going to bet. Okay. But if you were going to bet, what would you bet, Will? I'd bet Cameron Munster for um, man of the match. That's it. Eleven bucks. Eleven bucks. And that. first and first try scorer, I would go Josh Adokar, seven fifty. Adokar, yeah, nice. Um, I would. I'd back New South Wales one to twelve into yeah. Jack Whiten to score a try, into yep. Chainsaw to throw off the bull rider and stick a horn right up his blurt. <laughs> You could write your own ticket there. I was going to say you you can write your own ticket for that one. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> just just quickly, Jared, for for those yeah. people that do bet, what happened with the tab on the weekend? It uh, look. Apparently, there was <laughs> a fire a in a factory, here. or there was you know. It, look, it wasn't. Uh, yeah, uh, by all the reports, something to do with wherever their their, their servers are. It wasn't working particularly well. It wasn't a particularly good one for the uh, industry as a whole, but. Uh, Certainly on the last day of the spring carnival, but I suppose onwards and upwards from everyone here. Yeah, that was mm. nice for you, blokes, I reckon. <laughs> that would have only been a couple of million dollars hit to the turnover. That would have been our real. All right, Jared. Well, what we are going to do, um, it's quite off-putting because William's weirdly taking photos of me now. I assume he's on Instagram. but uh, I'm not. Yes, you are. Uh, but what we're going to do, Jared, is next week My is... Grinder. Next week is our last – it's the State of Origin um, Game 3, so it's our last show. Yep. Tell Palisade to open up the fucking borders yeah, I know. so we, we can need, roll up in there. We need to get up there. I Just, think it's uh, regional New South Wales. I'm pretty sure we're open. Yeah, we're yet. in the CBD, man. Come on, bro. <laughs> Newcastle. <Yeah>. So <laughs> what, what we've got, Jared, is we've, got, we've been going through all of the entries for these clubs. We're really actually finding it very difficult to, to pick a winner for the simple fact that there are so many deserving clubs. There are so many people that have put in so much effort for this. So yeah. we've decided what we're going to do in our last uh, – this was decided about five minutes before we went in – what we're actually going to do is we're going to just stick all these names in a hat um, yep. and we're going to pull out a couple of winners next week on the show. So uh, we'd like you to be there, but I think you're getting on the drink at the game. So if we do <laughs> – we're not sure what we're doing next week, but we will definitely be in contact. Um, we might be able to find it, uh, figure out a way around all of that. But, uh, yeah, terrific. Looking forward to it. The big question is will we get a massive novelty check? Uh, just like, like on semi-pro? Yeah. <laughs> $10,000. Are we still going to go for two clubs? Or yeah, we're going, going for two clubs, clubs, five grand each. I've spoken okay. to a couple of um, guys that are in the um, what is it, the uniform sort of business with, um, with like how many, I'm not sure. Obviously, not, they're not going to get Nike or Canterbury or something massive deal, but a lot of this company that my mate owns, he will deck out the whole club in, in, um, in sports gear. So, Pol- polos, everything, jackets, whatever, whatever they want. And we're talking to Puma, 
about uh, about boots, body science, uh, keen to depends how old they are with you know compressions and uh, not sure about protein powder or anything like that. They're obviously uh, older than 16, 17, but there's a lot of a few uh, sponsors I've been talking to in the last um, couple of weeks that are willing to put put some money in. So and I I'm, think we'll get a heap we'll get a heap of stuff. I mean. I'm getting the peptide sorted for the under tens and. <laughs> We're going to make sure that with your two massive novelty checks, Jared, uh, we're going to make two local clubs very happy. And drawing them out of the hat means we don't actually have to let anyone down. It's just up in the, it's in the yeah. hands of fate, Jared. So once again, thank you very much for all your support this year. Um, we're getting to the point yeah. now where we're going to miss you terribly, yeah, we Jared. No, well, yeah. as soon as the as soon as the borders are open, I'm going to come searching for you, mate. We'll find I'm, you. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. It's a shame that we couldn't do it before the uh, the Brisbane Lions made it. That's in, all good. Hopefully, next hopefully next year, next year. Hopefully next year, Brisbane Lions pull their um pull something out of the hat and if, get us get us all up there. If you've got any swing at all, you'll just open that box and we can when there's nothing on and we can just sit in it and drink piss. Mm. Could be a goer. Thank That's you. That's all I want. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jared. Thanks again, mate. We'll speak to you next week. Thanks very much, guys. Enjoy Origin 2 tonight. Uh, tomorrow night, I beg your pardon, and go the Blues. Cheers, right. mate. Cheers, mate. Do we yeah, have to say, um, we'd actually gamble? So do we I have actually, to yeah. gamble responsibly? Yeah, gamble responsibly, people. If you're going to gamble, we didn't gamble, but if you're going to, gamble responsibly. Just very responsible. All right, William. We are moving now on to the review preview. I wish, in hindsight seeing as we're going to do a review of last week's game, that I had watched the game again because I'm not going to lie, I wasn't the best version of myself towards mm. the end of that second half. But you, being the professional that you are, yep. you've watched the game again. I have. It was um, it was pretty much like we watched it before, but i just seen a, little, a couple of little things and um, what happened with New South Wales and Queensland right at the start. I've seen there's a lot of opportunities, a hell of a lot of opportunities that both both teams could have really capitalised on. I think um, there was a couple there where, especially right on the line, if you see um, Big Tino, he had the ball. It was a really wide ball, and that's where Jake Friend was really skinning skinning our middles, where I'm just trying to say, if, like, if you're watching the game, he was given a pass where he was taking out the markers, A, B, and C, and Big Tino was hitting at C, getting at the four-man, and bringing them both in. So if he had, and I'm pretty sure when Wayne Bennett watches um, the replay, if he has a lead a lead runner going through, which will pre- uh, predominantly be your second, your left side second rower, and a, and just say a Munster around the back or a Val Holmes around the back, they score easily because because um, the Fox push in so much, then they rely on people just coming around the back and trying to stop that try. But there was a couple of times, especially on your line, you can't. You're not that quick. About 20 meters out, you can probably come in and, and push, push really, really close in, like Josh Adokar was, but not on your line. And he he did that a couple of times. And um, Big Tino was probably too excited with his first game, just wanting to get the ball, be aggressive, all that kind of stuff. But if he has a really, if he has a really good look up, he's going to go out the back and bang, bang, bang. They're going to score, and that that happened on both sides because. Junior Paulo had an opportunity as well with the same sort of shape, and Cook was. Get, it's all about that wide ball from the nine, especially just say if you're at, just say if we're um, in the middle middle of the po- middle of the field, and you're on just on the right side of the post. That really wide ball to the front rower, 
and he can have a little bit of late footwork and then go around the back with a Tedesco and then, you know, like, yeah, and then you're 5'8", hitting into holes and then people around the back. It's, it's, that's the sort of shape that you're going to score tries in because then you've got to really give – you've got to hit the right option as well. I reckon the, the biggest change for the New South Wales side is clearly, you know, the addition of Cody Walker into the starting side. So you look at, I guess, you change in the middles, you, you start paying Haas. At the end of the day, there's still a middle forward rotation. Who you start and who you... It doesn't really make as much difference. So the biggest change in New South Wales is clearly Cody Walker. I look at Cody Walker and I think that he has been in fantastic form um, you know, in club football, there's no question. And he played well when he came on. I think he's relying very much on that Cook-Walker combination, you know, that, that is so successful at Clubland. Yeah. So when Cook knows when to run, Walker knows to follow and things like that. I don't know if that works at origin level. No, it doesn't. Told you last week what do you think um, Queensland, what Queensland's job is going to be. Their middles need to stop our middles. And what they do? They stopped them. Mm. Cook, Cook still played pretty, pretty well, but there was no clean line breaks. Because Big Papali and Big Tino, uh, Welsh, Fel- uh, Felice Cafusi, you got to understand these guys only started to stop playing a couple of weeks ago, week or two ago. But Felice Cafusi playing the grand final, player had a great year. He's, it, you got to understand, two, three years ago, he's starting back row for Australia, him and Boyd Cortner. Mm. You know, and then he got injured last year and he missed out on his um, on his test spot. And like I think he's 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 been outstanding. And then you got Big Tino who just come off a great year. He just won everything. He doesn't know how to lose. Won a grand final. Gets a starting spot for um for Queensland. Welsh, who does all their cleaning up, and then you have got Jake Friend, who does. He's just built for Origin. He's just been he's been very unlucky, and then you've got um Big Papa, who's arguably one of the best front rowers in the game. So we I think a lot of players were just going, yeah, they're not too bad. They're all right. These guys are some of the best in their position, you know. And I thought well. If they can maintain all that kind of stuff, and then I think New South Wales, I think we, I think we got there. I think we got our um, combinations mixed up too much. Uh, Fidi had a really good game, but I don't think they complemented each other uh, because Junior Paulo is a similar sort of player with a bit of a late offload and late footwork, good defender, but geez, someone it needs more punch in the middle, and I'm not sure Fanukin and Nathan and Nathan Brown they're similar players. They are very, very similar players. Why can't why can't you have a big guy like Reg, big um Regan Campbell Gillard, who's six foot six and 120 kilos, and just tell him just to run straight through the guts and as hard as you can for 20, 30 minute stints. Like that's what I'll be doing because why are you gonna put Nathan Brown and Fanukan on at the same time? They're similar players. They've both got left foot, so they always go overs. You know what I mean? Like I think they're both des- they're, vo- they're both very deserving of the position. But not in the same team. Uh, one you pick thing, one of them. Looking at Payne Haas, so Payne Haas, one thing we've talked about all year is the fact that Payne Haas is a beast of a human and he's got a huge motor. Like he could play 80 minutes in origin in the middle, I reckon, and just, you know. Easily. But what he has lacked is that offload or that, you know, passing before the line. Or You know what you're going to get from Payne Haas. He's a product. Yeah. And Sorry. Yeah. Look, I, I, look at, I look at the new, the Queensland side, Dynamis Louie, was probably better than Joe than Papali for for Canberra towards the back end of that year. He was enormous for them. Yeah. Um. And so he comes into the starting side. You've got Fotowaka, who has been huge for the Titans as well. I actually think this Queensland side, 
with Valentine Holmes. Brimson probably offers a little bit more than Holmes because he hasn't played, but this Queensland side's no worse. No, it's not. And what are you going to do with Isaiah Yo? Like, yeah. um, you know, I'm looking at Nathan Brown, Paulo Finucane. We've all, we've picked a lot. Of, we've picked all middles, which is great. But you need to pick different sort of players, and like, there's no person. They all. I mean, they they all run. They all run hard. They all tackle hard. But like, as I said, like Finucane and Paul at Brown, they're pretty similar. Isaiah Yo, they're pretty similar. Late footwork ball players. You pick three ball playing locks. Yeah. Where's a fucking big boy on the bench just uh, just to get on the get off get on off the bench and run wild? They need that. They need that impact. I just don't. I just don't understand. I didn't. I didn't realize wh- wh- why they did that. You're like, look at the hard rucking, hard um, running uh, forwards. You got Dinama Bapali, Kafusi, Jaden Sue and Fasu Mwali. You got Collins, Jai Arrow, Fodawaka, like Ben Hunter, just a, a fit in. They seem to me. Me just looking at names and how they've been playing, or you it's more balanced. It's a lot more balanced, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. You know, you got you're gonna you might rest. You know, you're gonna bring Papali off. You're gonna put Lindsay on, Lindsay Collins. You know, like you're gonna take um, Fodawaka on. You're probably gonna give Dinamis a little bit of a rest. Like they've got impact. All these players have impact. What does that New South Wales side? New South Wales side has a bit of impact, but they're not they're, their leg speed and everything is not is not as good as Queensland. The thing, when I look at that New South Wales bench, I look at blokes that are not not explosive. They're workmanlike. You know, yes, they're Yo's locks. workmanlike. You know, Brown, he, he runs hard and he tackles hard, but he's not going to create. So this is what I'm saying. All these guys, what do they have in common? They all need to play 80 minutes at club level to show that they've actually played well. Yeah. There's no, there's no forty to fifty meter, fifty minute man, sixty minute man who can actually make an impact more than a sixty, uh, uh, an eighty minute player. Mm. So that's what they've picked. They've picked a similar player for all three. They need to play eighty. None of them will play eighty on the bench. No. So you pick eighty minute players. I mean, good that they've they've got a big motor and everything like that. But you need that dude, that one dude out of out of out of three of them. They go on. I'm not even going to fucking pass. Explosive. I'm running as yeah. hard as I can. I'm going to hit it B. In between A, I'm going to go. I'm going to, I'm going to get a wide ball. I'm going to play out the back. That's my only two options. I'm going to do, and be aggressive as hell in defence. But these guys are going to defend their asses off. They do. They do good. But it's with the ball what they're going to do. It's like last time, the last game that we had, we had like four, five, five, eights out there. Like, what are we going to do with Jack White? And he's still, he's still. What is he? He's a running centre now. That's all he is. Didn't touch the ball for twenty minutes. I oh, know. Arguably, our best player in the world. Why can't? I'd probably sit him on the bench. Bring him on. Yeah, and yeah. I'd start Crichton. Crichton just got injured, but I, but I look at I look at whatever was up with Crichton. He's done his hammy at training yesterday, so. But well, that know, sucks. So I'm not sure if he would have played, but I just think it, it just takes such you a talent. You would have picked him last takes, week. You said you would. It have takes him. it takes a talent like um, like Jack Whiten. He can't sit two. He can't sit two or three wide. I mean, Gags got him last week. Hopefully, it's one of those games where. Jack gets him this week. You know what, though? This puts so much pressure. The way you've just explained that then, I hadn't really thought about it before, but what they've got is they've got a machine that is very similar in the way that it operates. The amount of pressure this puts on Nathan Cleary to create a game, I don't know if he's up for it. I don't know if Nathan Cleary is good enough to create the opportunities that New South Wales is going to need an attack when he hasn't got those sparks running off him. You know, he's got Frizzell will run hard, Crichton will run hard, 
they'll run hard, but they're not going to create opportunities off second phase. Like Frizzell's been off. He was off. He didn't play for six weeks. He was playing for St George. He was been. He, he was a little bit off. Hopefully, he's better this week. He gets some early ball from um, uh, the five eight there, and just just doesn't have to like take hit ups off the tap all the time. If he didn't take if he didn't take hit ups off the tap and be really aggressive, you'd like he played pretty ordinary. So if you break all that down, he probably had four or five hit-ups where he got his metres. He didn't even get 100 metres or anything like that. So he played people in his eyes because you had that big impact and all that kind of stuff. But, oh, yeah, Frizzell played all right. You break that video down compared to what Frizzell usually does, yeah. and he impacts that fucking game on that right and that right edge, their left edge. He destroys their, he destroys their, um, their, uh, their, their three men, which is going to be either Munster or the halfback or whatever it is. But um, I just think we got the balance mixed up. Again, they seem they seem to have it, and I just I'm, I'm just you know I think Friend is built for Origin, Papali and Dinam Slew. Like I just I don't know I don't know if we've got the balance right again. Like Crichton, Frizzell, I don't know. It's, here's, it's, it's, here's it's scaring the, the shit out of me because I think sorry sorry Cleary, he's vice captain. Mm. Fuck is he vice captain? I wouldn't even have him in the side. He's protected species. He's a protected species. The way I look at it, like what is Freddie going? The more pressure I give you, the more um, responsibility I give you, the more you should play. The, the right. better you that's, should play. Is that is that what it is? Theory, it looks yeah. like that for that's me. It is. looks like that because I'm putting Jake Trebojevic at captain. I'm putting Teddy at vice captain. That's what I'm doing. Mm. Or oh, Frizzell, one of these forward dudes who's out there putting them in. I'm putting them captain way ahead of him. Do you know what I mean? Way ahead. I'm not. I'm, I swear, I would have Kiri and I would have Kiri and Whiten or Kiri and Walker and Walker as my halves. Yeah. I wouldn't even be looking at Cleary. Yeah. Or because of what he's done from the grand final to the, the second game, everyone, but everyone just no one touches him. And he like has verbally. They, they don't touch him. Just it's like he's untouched. He's 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 been good at club level, but at the end of the it's day, fucking different sport. Yeah, he's. You know, he, he did underperform in that grand final and he underperformed in... So I guess that, again, that adds to the level of pressure. And I get what Fittler's doing. Fittler's saying, I'm going to put my faith in you and you're going to perform. But what that does then, if if Nathan Cleary doesn't perform... This is it. He cannot be there for game three. This is it. I mean, I mean, what's what's the point? We're going to lose the series if we, do, if we do play shit. What happens if we do play um, pretty shit but we end up winning? Yeah, well, it'll be happens there. Then? What happens then? Do you, do, you change your, do, you, do you change your side? I'd change it still because mm. I just can't see Cleary being our leader for the next five or ten years. Kid's only 22. Mm. Maybe he needs a bit more club football. Maybe he needs a bit more coaching. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe take the line on a little bit more. Have Andrew Johns in your ear, like nonstop. Are you listening? Are you not? I'm not sure. Like great kicking game, good defensive play. It's interesting because Joey, after the game... Joey, and I mean, you know better than anyone, but he's such a passionate human. He would have watched that game and he watched the game and, he, you know, he's paid to commentate and he said, I dropped Kiri. And, and if you look at our gut feeling that day was that Kiri hadn't done yeah. enough. But then he went back and he watched the game. And the very next day almost, he said, you know what, I'd keep Kiri and I'd play him half back and I'd get rid yeah. of Cleary. And so what he's done is he's gone back and he's watched the game and he's analysed it and he's, and he's worked out that Cleary's not creating enough and essentially what you're doing now is you're asking Cody Walker to come in and run an attack when he's never played with Nathan Cleary before and Nathan Cleary won't take the line on so it's a huge ask for Cody Walker so what's happening what's happening with um with Cleary 
If I was a middle defender and what's happening and what he's not doing, when he when he's getting a ball wide from just say he's in the middle of the field and he's getting it just say ten meters wide from the ruck, he's not squaring up anything. He's not making. He's not getting A, B, C, or even your foreman interested at all. He's just going around dummy into someone like the, the line's still five meters away. Forwards are big, and we check and release. And checking, checking is going up for a little bit. Right, you see that guy, he dummies him, he dummies him, so you check, release to the next guy, release to the next guy. And he, and, and big boys do that. It's not the 90s where these big boys couldn't move as good as us. You know, like they, they, you had, you had some guys back there that, that you, the halves weren't putting on that many plays. Now we all know what the plays are, and all these big guys can move. So unless you dig right into the line and make them either hit, hit you, that's why guys like JT and John, JT and Joey, they would dig into the line so far and before they pass it, their ribs are getting crushed. Cooper Cronk's ribs, all these sort of guys, all these great halves will go into the line. So they cop that hit. So they bring that defender out. That's what they do. He doesn't even get touched. As a fucking front rower and forward that I was up, I'd be like, I would be screaming at him. Yeah. Go to the line, can you please? He's not giving his back row any space on both sides of the ruck. So I'm just all like, it, what are you doing for the team? I just don't understand it. I'm just like, fuck, you just kick. All you do is kick. All it means for, for you know, is that essentially he's, he's telegraphing plays. So blokes in the defensive line know exactly where the ball's going because he's, he's not going to run. As I said, he's like Jason Taylor with about 10 kilos and he can goal kick and he's like, he doesn't, and he can defend better. That's mm. about it. That's mm. all the rap I have on him. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. Yeah, look, I hope you. I hope to be honest that Nathan Cleary does stand up. But if he doesn't, um, I don't know. Like I was, I was still confident that New South Wales would would win this game. But the more I'm looking at this now, I'm thinking, you know, they're really in trouble. The only thing that might save New South Wales a little bit is, I don't think Kurt Capel's 100. percent I think Wayne Bennett said that he will play, right? So. You can take that with a grain of hamstring or something. It's his groin, I think, groin hamstring. But he was definitely limping at the end of that game. Oh, that try when just uh, when Fox scored that try in the corner. If that and this is another thing where we get our we get a little bit carried away. How close it was at the end. You put a decent centre there. He's not scoring. No one's scoring. No. So people just get it done. Oh my God, we're so close. You weren't close. No. No, you weren't close because if you had a really good defender there, he's going to check, release, boom, 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 take Fox out. You know, but but he couldn't go, so his winger turns his shoulders in, and then they have to turn, and it's too late. Fox is too quick, the ball moves too fast, and we just you know we just couldn't we couldn't they they couldn't save it. So so Cable played outstanding for a bloke who's never played first. I mean, fuck all first grade, left side back row, usually, and then he plays left side center. Mm. You know what I mean? And kills it. I mean, I thought I feel sorry for Gutherson because I thought he played outstanding. And the difference is when, when Gutherson was playing, he people don't understand. Gutherson's a fullback. You make different tackles. They made he top the tackle count. He was, I think he was about in the back line anyway. I think he's like 38 to 30, maybe 40 tackles. Mm. That is a lot of tackling. And it, and that was right at – it was only just after half time, but he just got tired. Yeah. The impact, the impact, the impact, the impact. And then that was, that was their game plan. You play against a person who's never played in the front line his whole career – Next minute he's playing center in front of you. You're gonna run all your back rolls at him. You're gonna get. You're gonna stick on that side when you kick down that side. You're gonna bash him in defense. You do all these things to try and tie him out to try and get that that little thing that Cape Cape got him maybe because he was a little bit tired. Mm. 
you know. But I thought Gutho played outstanding. He did some really tough runs. He was one of our best players. I'm glad they did stick with him. But he's a fullback. Imagine if Cape... So Capel wasn't training earlier in the week. So they had Philip Sammy who had... He, I mean, he had a... Like a... He had an ordinary mixed, first half. But yeah. like him and Capel had an ordinary first half. So they've trained Sammy in the centres... And they've put Edric Lee on the wing. Now, Edric Lee oh, has the big got, easy. You get the big easy chance. I love him. He has got a heap of mistakes in him, though. Like, yeah, you know, but like... He can score 10 tries, but he'll let eight in, you know? You so just, You just don't know what you're going to get with him, do you? You don't. And, and I guess at origin level, that's one thing you don't want to be having to worry about. So New South Wales potentially has or got... maybe when you've got one up your sleeve... The big easy can do a lot of good things. Yeah. So he, he could, just needs he, to ice the game. You know what game. I'm saying? Like he could, yeah. he could ice the game, or you just give him that second game. Hey, he plays mediocre. He did a couple of good things, this and that, and then third game is it's uh, she's on. And what but, people, mate? I, I think I think he deserves a chance because he's six foot five. He's been a he's been a toil. He does real tough runs out of yardage. No one's no one's questioning that. Makes some really good defensive um, decisions, but makes some bad ones as well. He goes for that killer intercept all the time. He always comes up and in. But who you're going to pull the trigger when he comes up and in? Who's going to throw that perfect ball over the top of him? He's six foot five. His arms like this. Like, Cle- you know, Cleary. Cleary will, yeah, Cleary will probably <laughs> throw it to him. Um, did you – I mean, what Queensland have got in, in their favour, obviously, is the fact that the third – if New South Wales win this, the third one's in in Queensland. So they've got to go up there and they've got to win it. They haven't won one since, what, 90-something? So, did you ever play a decider? Yeah, and we were flogged. Was that when you got the rum in the head? Yeah. Yeah. We got a rum in the face. Um, it was a good night. <laughs> it, was great, it, was great, it was a great night, <laughs> to be so, honest. But it's very hard to win. It's very hard to win a decider up there. It's hard to win a game at Suncorp. Yeah. And, you know, by next week, we're going to probably have about 50,000 in there. So, do, do you think, honestly, if you're in the mind of a Queensland origin player... Are you saying let's have a crack at this because we know we're going to Suncorp at the end? Let's, they'll be leaving nothing unturned. Mm. They will be going as hard as they can. They want to end it. Nobody wants nobody wants a decider other Away. than Channel Nine. Yeah, trust me. They want they wanted they want a decision. They want a, they want a decider. Players don't want a decider. We want to end it. Yeah, end it, end it, end it. And it's usually just subconsciously like. If you are one up, you sort of let your guard down a little bit, especially if that other team's right up. And I hope, and but they've got so much leadership and so many good players in Queensland, and a great coach. Maybe that won't let it. That won't happen. But you always prey on that because New South Wales will be about five percent hungrier, and that's all you need all over the park. You know what I mean? So everybody, if everybody's up five percent, all seventeen players, you'll get over the top of your player. I know that James Tedesco is captain of the side, and I know Nathan I'm very Cleary. happy. Congratulations, Teddy. You deserve it, mate. Who is the spiritual leader of that origin side? Jake Trebojevic. Yep. Jake Trebojevic. He has been for years, and he's been like, he always gets like the, the Brad Fittler medal. He's had that about twice. He's only played in two or three, uh, three or four uh, origin series. Yep. He doesn't say much, but he's highly respected and he's a great player. And that's why I was very surprised he wasn't uh, vice captain. But as I said, I just think that's that's Freddie's ploy of giving it to um, just Cleary up, just up to go. Stars. Okay, well, I, yeah, I still believe in you. I still believe in you. You know, like hopefully that'll get him over the line. Play a great game for all of us. I hope he plays great. I just don't see it. That's all. I don't, I don't know him as a person. Don't really give a shit. Just fucking win us a game. Mm. That's it. 
and play your best football and that's all I want from you because just, he's been promising for years. It's his third Origin series. So who's the spiritual leader of Queensland? Munster. Yeah, I think Munster. Money, money cares. Uh, he's, he's that sort of dude that – and Big Papa as well. Yeah. He controls that middle. He controls the middle. If you control the middle and, every, and you're so highly respected, he, he's one of those guys. So I just think um, – I think Big Papa – He's uh he he kills it so um I don't know they got they got a, they got a, just a really good balance to that team I'm not sure I mean DCE a little bit but not their lead not their spiritual leader he's the guy who runs out first but they follow Big Papa they do you, do. do you know that you know the story of Samson and when Samson shaved his head and he lost all his strength mm-hmm. my concern is that without a moustache Cameron Munster will struggle to be as good as he was with the moustache because as you know. Moustaches really, they define you as a man. Well, I, um, I commented on his post because he shaved it and I was devastated no because I, I said, my co-host, Ian Byrne, has been trying to look like you for so many weeks. You actually did. Yeah, that on there. And, I, and I tagged you in it as well. He goes, sorry, mate, it had to go. It had to go. Oh, mate, I love money. It's good, though. The last time, and to be end, to, I haven't actually mentioned the producer this show because he's irrelevant but he's come over and he's handed us a thing the last time new south wales won at suncorp yeah i don't know if this is decided no it is no it was a decider because that was 2014 that we didn't win a we didn't win a series from 2005 they won in 2014 yeah so 2014 was a big thing he could have but i'm I'm not sure i'm not sure if that was i'm not sure if that was a decider because i'm pretty sure if you have a look at the photos it's all at um at anz stadium yeah it was because Hayne climbed up. Because Hayne climbed and up, and um, Gallon was nude on the post. This, um, <laughs> this is just a Mick list. <laughs> this is just a Robbie. Fam- Robbie Farrow had his undies around his head. It's just a. It's just literally another thing that the producer has done that's wrong. Well, he's just. I mean, that's just hopeless, isn't it? And he said Sun Cord as well. Sun Cord. Yeah, it's the best stadium. It's one of the greatest. Love it up there. <laughs> Check it, check it, producer, check it. I think the I think the um the decider was at A and Z in two thousand fourteen. Me, me and you know because we're smart. All right, Will. So what happens right. yep. with what do New South Wales have to do to win the game? They need to really play Origin football. I think we got Origined. We got Origined out. You know what I mean? Like the basic hard running, um, completing sets, uh, doing those tough carries and all that kind of stuff, playing basic football and then pulling the trigger when we, when they, when we have to. We didn't do it. You know, we had Jack White sitting on that left edge. We had Cleary. We had um, Keary. All these sort of similar players like Teddy's at fullback. And it's just, we just, it just didn't look like we, I'm not sure. We just, we just couldn't punch through the middle. We tried to pretty ourselves when I say that, it's just like we try to like really play fancy football coming out of yardage when it should have been just those hard runs like like Tupo and, and Teddy um, and the wingers and, and the back five didn't really work together. It didn't work together get it, to get them out of yardage. So as a middleman, when you run back when they've kicked, when it's like when it's going like, you know, kick, tip for tap, tip for tap, you want your back five to make one decent run, one decent run so you can just get on the back of that, take a third or fourth tackle, then get a good kick. We weren't doing that, and we didn't we didn't do it consistently enough. And then you you go you switch on the other foot, and you go, you know, you got um you had AJ Brunson running his ass off when he got the ball, and Dane Gagai, you know that guy played like a freak last week. He was easily the best player. He was easily man of the match. I'm not sure how DCE got it, 
But Gags was easily man of the match. And their back five just got him out of yardage. And then guys like Jai Arrow come off the bench and Papali was starting. But, like, their bench outplayed us, you know. And, and it was it was just weird to watch. Like, I'm, I'm used to playing against some great Queensland sides. But, like, the Queensland side that I'd seen on the weekend has, has been nothing like uh, – some of the teams I've played, and they still beat us. It's just—it's quite scary. Jake Friend, Jake Friend was very important. Making all, he made fifty-six tackles or something like that. 94. How many? Yeah, ninety. Yeah, yeah, ninety-four Lang Park. That's what you said. Yeah, I did. You did. Yeah, I told 100%. you. This spoke. <laughs> fucking hard. I did, didn't I? I said did, ninety-four. Yeah. I said, I think it's the last time. That's good. And he's anyway, what do I know? up there twenty minutes on a computer, and that's what he comes up with. That's yeah. that's his input of the show. Can I just say, Will, too, honestly, you ha- you're, I've been so proud of your career and the things that you have done. You have just said origined. And no one's ever said that before. They got origined. I think you've just, in 40 years of state of origin, you have just hashtag origined. Origined out. They got origined. Mm, they it's did. good. And Queensland did it to them. You ask anyone. And that's, whoever's been out there, it's just like, wow, they just outplayed us, they out-origined us. They and all out- that kind of stuff. <laughs> Serious, man. That's what it says. Like, you talk to some people there, and um, I'm not sure, man. I'm not sure we can. I want us to win. I want us to win so badly. And I know we can win, but I know what Queensland's like. And I just hope to God that, as I was saying before, that extra 5 to 10% that you need when you actually have your, all your backs, backs against the wall and everything like that can, can come into fruition. And at Sydney, you know, we're going to probably have 60,000 there. You know, just a good crowd, some good good vibe, and just get that win. Just any by any means necessary. We can't we can't lose. We honestly can't. That's that's the only thing. I mean, Freddie will be bumping it into him. You've got Danny Badiris there, Marco Mealy, Craig Fitzgibbon, Greg Alexander, all, all our coaches there. They're trying to get them as prepped as, as, as they possibly can. Um, have a little bit of fun because they were down on Thursday. And then by Friday, Saturday, they've, they've sort of recovered. And, you know, now it's time it's, it's to get busy, mate. It's, um, this is a crucial, crucial, crucial game. So what's your prediction? I'm back in New South Wales by, only game 22 to 14. High-scoring affair. Yeah, I just think they got, you know, I think if Cody Walker plays of his potential... Gets everybody going, you know. I think maybe, maybe they can swap. They can swap. Um, what's his name? Jack White and that in and out. You know, like you could probably do a lot of things with um, with Cody Walker because some of the plays that he has with with South, where he plays five eight, but he does a real sweeping roll around uh, on both sides of the ruck. He doesn't traditionally play on that left side all the time. So maybe Teddy can. Teddy and and Cody will be like switching sides most of the time. Jack White can easily fit into 5'8 on that left edge. Do you know what I mean? They're going to they're have a couple of little trick shots where they – what the rabbits do, but mm. then you got to go, who coaches that? He's going to know. Wayne. Uncle Wayne. But it's, it's a difference than saying this is going to happen, then it really – when you execute plays and people run the right routes and do everything the right way, you can't do anything about it. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that New South Wales will win. Uh, it'll be 18-14. I've just said, no, I'm not going to say 14 because you said 14. I'm going to say 18, 12. 12. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, uh, and that'll be, you know, look, it's going to be a great game. And to be honest, I think I feel like I've been talking about football for about 10 years now with this season. It's gone for so long. And these players yeah. have 
put in so much and to be still up and it's they deserve, they deserve, they deserve, a, set, they deserve uh, a decider. Yeah. <laughs> you can't go out. These boys have worked so much, so harder than um, to, than everyone in, in rugby league this year to get picked into Origin, to survive no injuries and to be here with the second game of Origin. It deserves to go to a decider. Because imagine if Queensland win this game. You're fucking disgraceful. And you've got to get yourself up for another game up there and you think, if I get injured, it's season up. Like, I'm missing half of next season because it's yeah. now Christmas. Yeah. I just, yeah, New South Wales will win because I they have so, to. Mate. I hope so. Go no, the Blues. Just a good series and just no injuries and just get get to a decider, please, so we can um, talk about some shit next week. Tails or what? Heads, well, or, heads or tails? Heads or tails. Have you – I don't know. I mean, we've done – Oh, no, I'll tell you about it. So I'll tell you when I, when I was – my first series when I won Origin, I was in um, Queensland, 2003. This is fair. Um, this is when GP, GPO and all these places in Brisbane were just crazy. So it was always it was we we already won the series. So you it was do like, know that everywhere you go is crazy, not because the place is crazy, but yeah. because you <laughs> have got crazy massive problems. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! I didn't think of it like that. Mudgy was crazy. I on just, the have, weekend, I just have a good time, yeah. mate. You know that. Um, anyway, so I think yeah, it's two thousand three. You got myself and Minicello and Wingy, Fitzy, uh, Joey. Oh, the who's who of the team, and we we're, we've already already um, cleaned the series up. It's already two nil. We had flogged. No one cared. We're like, who cares? We already won the series. And then um, we went out. I think we are at GPO. And then, like, I had the buy that weekend. I had the buy. So I was like, I didn't have to come back to training till – so it's on the Wednesday to come back. I didn't have to come back till Monday. So I had about six days off. So everyone used to time going, oh, wow, like, I, I wish I wish I had the buy. Who's got the buy this week? So you had about four or five teams who had the buy. I was one of the teams. I was like, thank God. So obviously, like – Know a few people up in Brisbane, all that kind of stuff. We end up losing the game. You got a GPO. They lock. They just lock it down. Thing about Brisbane, Queensland, they love their rugby league players. That's why half these guys who play in uh, for Queensland they never leave because if they come down to Sydney, no one gives a fuck about them. But you think they, they want that. They want they want, they want that adulation where I couldn't you not give a fuck about it. I'd rather just sit down here and just chill. But they love it. Each to their own. But who cares? Um, so I were at GPO, this some some joint. I was with I'm not even gonna name players, but it was probably about four or five who had, who had the um we all had to buy. So we're going to GPO and then meet up with a couple of roughnecks, bloke, <laughs> roughneck blokes, they're like, Yeah, we've got a party back here in um in Hamilton or something like that. And I was like, Oh, where the fuck's Hamilton? And I was like, Well, I was thinking, when do we have to be back? Next minute, it was probably about like two days later. So this, this is Wednesday. Hang on. Next minute, it was probably about two yeah, days later. It was Friday. Yep. Right. It was Very Friday, good. and I was with my, I was with my I was with my missus, and she goes, "Just just be home in um that night, which was Wednesday night." I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I will be," and it was like Friday, Friday, <laughs> Friday, and then we're at, we're at a great we're at a great job. It was a big house party overlooking the water, spa baths, and everything like that. It was just it was a bit it was a bit crazy. As crazy as uh, Queenslanders were before that, we're at the, we're at the casino. And you just you just have a have a free ticket when you're up there, mate. It's ridiculous. Obviously, before social media, so we're in the casino till oh, I think about twelve o'clock. And I remember rolling past the roulette table, 
and I think I had, I don't know, just say 500 bucks and put it all on the number, on 11, my favourite number. Boom, got 11. <laughs> I got the number. I got the number. And then I'm not sure how much. It was like 15 grand or some shit like that. And then, bang, we went off for a couple of days. And then 15 grand was never seen again. <laughs> <laughs> never. But it was one of the best things to go back and then go, coming back home and Mrs. Wynn and going to, I've never, I've never been to like, what is it, wet, wet and Wild World and all that kind of crap. You went to Wet and Wild? Never been there, mate. I'm from fucking Toronto West kid, mate. But did you go to Wet and Wild? Yeah. Wow. I took, what, I took the train down to Narang. Is that oh. it? Took the train down in a ring. We had a great time. So I was over it. You know what I'm like. I bounced back like a fucking champion. And um, so I uh, went straight to Narang and did all that wet and wild, all the fun parks and all that sort of shit. I was still a little bit drunk. But this I've known and you. I had a massive fucking afro too. So everybody knew who the fuck I was. I have known you a long time. And that is the first time that I yeah. knew you went to wet and wild as yeah. an adult. And, and it's what my other, new what, favorite story. What, what, what else did they got? It was like, did, what, what other... SeaWorld and all that kind of shit. So Claire, Claire wanted to go there and do all this sort of shit. And Don't I'm like, so I like pro, but I promised her, I was like, yeah. I'm like, we'll do, we'll, do, we'll do all that shit. We'll do it. Just let me like get this out of my system. And I got it out of my system. You went to Wet and Wild after yeah, a four-day bender. Was a fucking, oh, I was wet and <laughs> after a four-day bender. I went to Wet and Wild. Yes, yes. My favourite story of the year. Yeah, it's not bad. I'll fill you in later. All right, William, we are at that time of the show where we need to say thank you to a few people. We need to say thank you to everyone who has been tuning in this year. It's been a long season, but it's been something that we have really, really enjoyed doing. We've had huge support. Um, There's a lot of people that are following us now on social media, and please know that we do look at all of the things that you write and we do love all of the feedback and and we do listen and um thank you to people who have followed us on instagram and 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 facebook and twitter i think that's it grinder that's you you you're on you better you better get off grinder man i can't how else will you follow me and then we've got all of the things that we're doing with the with the clubs thanks to our sponsors and so essentially you know we are very, very lucky to be doing what we're doing. We appreciate yeah. all of the support. We've got one more show coming up. We're going to announce who has won um, the money for the uh, It'll be clubs. interesting. I mean, we've had probably about like 50, 50, um, 50 clubs with some really, not excuses, but really, really good reasons to go, hey, like we, we need the money. So it's not like, and we are, we are actually reading those excuses. So don't just write in and go, this is a club and no 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 uh, no reason so we need to see that because a lot of clubs are going through a lot of hard things and a lot of you know a lot of a lot of states and a lot of country teams and all that kind of stuff so we want to pick the right want to pick the right club and we've got some good um some good uh contestants so it'll be, be all right and we've decided we're going to draw it out of the hat because it's too hard but thank you very much to everyone for tuning in we really appreciate it. Make sure you rate and review. Yeah. Because I don't know I why. I didn't realise that was that important, but... The producer tells it is. Um, yeah, I mean, and we like the reviews and we like we like the rating and all that kind of stuff. And, yeah, it's, it's good. We're on SoundCloud, we're on Apple. Even even a heap of my mates are like, what do, what do you want? How do I find it? I'm like, just, I don't know, just on Google. internet. 
See, that's on the internet. Just get it on. Just fucking Google the take and then just go five stars. Willie is great. Ian sucks. I'll be following Willie more and more. Back in the NRL. As Willie Mason. I've forgotten how big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie and the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25 minute man. Fuck. Oh, you got skills, son. Uppercut right hand by Big Willie. Too fancy for you. You've been listening to The Take with Willie Mason and co-host Ian Byrne. Produced by Craig Trewick, recorded and engineered by Zig Parker of Green Room Sydney, and presented by the Handshake Media Network.